Hello, this is Alex Saviuk for 11 O'Clock Comics, and that Saviuk rhymes with book. <laughs> amazing, Dab. Simply amazing. Right? Yeah. That's right. You're so good. I can count on you. Aw. Yeah. There's the train, too. You can always count on that. 200 bill right. trolley. <laughs> 10 pity. Oh, 10 pity. Dude, did you ever go back and Aren't watch Thomas the Tank Engine? Go back and watch? Yeah, like revisit that series. Oh, God. I, I was... I, I was... It was the seventh level of hell when I had to watch it with my kids when they were young. It's pretty frightening. Like, yeah. it really is. And you don't think about it well, you didn't think about it back then, but now when you, it's like these these locomotives have faces, and it's, it's yeah. just it's not it's just weird, yeah, very strange. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's eleven o'clock comics episode eight hundred and ninety five. We're barreling towards that that anniversary, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. All day. I am David A. Price. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faux show. And I'm Sir Topham Hat. <laughs> I think that's the stupidest name ever, but it's so fun. It really is. Sir Topham Hat. You're not Sir Topham Hat. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that. You're Jason mm-hmm. Wood, everybody. Here together again on one, just an average episode, The Kind You'd Like. Sponsored by CheapGraphicNovels.com. Cheap graphicnovels.com they have everything you want in the realms of omnibus edition trade paperbacks OGNs manga at the price you want to pay and speaking from experience I recently received my Romnibus volume 1 and I needed a blowtorch to get into the box it was packaged so well that's amazing I love it when a company cares about the things they send out as much as they would want to receive them themselves. Right? Mm. If that makes any sense. So uh, check out CheapGraphicNovels.com. You're going to place an order because you're going to save massively. When you get... Wumbly. Wumbly. When you receive the email confirmation for your order, you're going to reply to it and say, Hey, Max, 11 o'clock comics sent me, yo. And Max is going to say, Why, smart person, I like you a lot and I'm going to give you free shipping on your next order. It's that simple. Yeah. It takes more effort to go through a drive through than it does to order from CheapGraphicNovels.com. You ain't lying. Yeah. Of course not. Why would I lie? Again, I have libations. This, uh, unfortunately, tastes like ass, but I opened it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to drink it. It is brewed and bottled by the Pennsylvania Brewing Company. It is called Nut Roll Ale. It is a winter Oof. a winter ale, a malt beverage with national whatever. It's a nut brown ale from Pittsburgh, PA. Ah, I'm not a fan. But it's open. I'm thirsty. I will drink it. These nuts. Yeah. I'm not picky. Jeez. What kind of water you got, Chase? Yeah. It's like he doesn't yeah. know his number two. No, I do. I'm I'm um I'm waiting for the the size of disappointment. It's almost I feel like almost I almost get like Aja when I have to talk about what I'm drinking these days. Oh, why would you care? 
because the way you guys react, but that's cool. I'm drinking G Zero, the, the fruit punch flavor. Yes, sir. Oh, we're going top shelf now. <laughs> yeah, I need the little stool to get need my electrolytes, yo. <laughs> Yeah, please. What are you drinking? I had uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this beverage last week so much that uh, that I decided you know what I'm doing it again for this episode. It is uh, the Mictors Unblended with splashes seltzer. Pretty soon, the listeners are going to get in on the the game, and that's not going to work for you. Hush, <laughs> hush, right hush, right my now. son. Uh, with that mess. Let's talk about some comics. We should, right? We did. We, yeah, that's why we're here. I have something that I know David read, and I think Jason read as well, that really put a spring in my step. I love it when I can, I can read a book that I had... Um, no knowledge of. I just saw it online. And I was like, oh, I like this creator a lot. Let me check out this book. Wait a minute. What's it about? Bowling, you say? <laughs> it's, uh. it's, a, it's about bowling? I must read this. I have to check it out. It is written by Rick Remender, Andy Samberg, and Joe Troman. Illustrated by Roland Bashi. Take a few steps back. Because that's a big deal. Am I wrong? No, that's good stuff. Roland Bashi's really good. Color hey, art. Baby. Yeah, color art by Noreno Dinicio. And it is called The Holy Roller. And I've read all three issues to date. Let me rephrase that. I devoured all yeah, three issues right. to date. Yes, you did. I really enjoyed this book I, I i don't know if i could tell you the level of joy that i extracted from this title now um it's about at the core of this book is the sport of bowling and my cat likes it <laughs> yeah um and i know jason doesn't click with bowling but let me let me just let me just flesh out the story for you now you am I correct in, in my assumptions that you both read this? I did, yes. Jason, you read the first issue? I feel like he might have tapped out before the first issue was finished. Is he even here? Does he do he, me a He's talking about bowling, so he probably took a walk about. Oh my god. Well anyway, for the people playing at home, this book is set in Clovel, Ohio. Not the most liberal state in the union. Mm. And it, it, it centers around a, um, a young man named Levi Cohen. Levi is Jewish. Levi's dad is a pro bowler and earns his meager wages from the prizes he wins in his bowling tournaments. And as the issue opens, it's a flashback. So Levi's very young. And it's, it's set during the 80s, so the arcade boom is in full swing. Now, Levi, they're, they're at a, a, an establishment called Pizza Land, which is a bowling alley slash arcade. As anyone who has ever um, gone to a bowling alley knows, 
And not only do you have ample lanes on which to bowl, but there's usually pinball machines and video games. There's a there's an arcade area, inevitably, in every bowling alley. If they don't have one, then it's not a real good bowling alley. But um, So Levi's dad's bowling, and he's in a tournament, and it's real tight. And unfortunately, he pulls a 7-10 split. And in order to win the tournament, he's got to make the dreaded 710 split. Anybody who has bold knows 710, very, very hard to make. Almost impossible, really. But Levi's dad does it. He makes the 710 split and wins the tournament. And Levi's over in the arcade, and unfortunately, he runs across his nemesis named Clyde. Clyde is the son of a real estate mogul, one who owns Pizza Land. And Clyde's a dick. Um, he, he's a, he's a budding neo-Nazi, uh, does not like anything other than himself, like Jewish, doesn't matter. He, he's very racist and, um, he's got it out for, for Levi. So he challenges Levi to a game of Paperboy and the loser is banned from Pizza Land forever. And Levi's, um, get was, if I win, you got to wear a yarmulke. (laughs) <laughs> which would probably incense um, Clyde because Clyde is anti-Semitic and very, very racist. Yes. So uh, they're playing the game, and unfortunately, Levi's mom comes over and says, hey, you got to support your father during this little challenge that both of the boys have set up. So Levi leaves and thus forfeits the game. So he is no longer, by default, he is no longer allowed in Pizza Land. So then we get a flash forward 20 years later, and Levi's working for Greenpeace. Working in quotes. Levi's not very motivated. He did some time in in the armed forces, um, knows how to fight, uh, is in very good shape. But he's just not um, not very upwardly mobile, let's say. He's lazy. And he's brought into the the uh, captain's office, and the captain said, "You know what? Long story short, there's a, it's a it's a cute little interaction that gives insight into the character, not only of Levi but of the captain." And um, captain says, "You got to go home. Your father's dying of cancer." So Levi goes back to Cloval, Ohio, twenty years after the fact, and um, inevitably. Uh, just to paint the picture, the cab driver that brings him there, when Levi mentions, man, this place has changed so much, and the cab driver's, yeah, America, you know, and Levi says, my God, or he doesn't say my God, sorry. He, he, he says something about his synagogue changing to a restaurant, and the cab driver hits the brakes and they're like, get the fuck out. So, I guess... Uh, the Jewish persuasion is not appreciated in this in this Ohio town. And as we find out, because as Levi's walking around, he sees the pizza land and goes back in. So, you know, old time's sake, looking around. Hey, this is really cool. And runs afoul of uh, Clyde and his boys. So um, now Levi's dad is is old and he's dying of cancer and just wants to see his son. He's like, why did you leave? 
You haven't been here for 20 years. You, you, you don't bowl anymore. Yeah, you, you, you left me. I love the part when they're sitting at the, at the kitchen table and Levi's dad's drinking diet soda. And Levi's like, Dad, that's full of shit that's going to kill you. And he's like, I should get more cancer. <laughs> 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 it is so good. So inevitably, um, Levi runs into Clyde and his boys and they try to take him down. But when Levi was leaving his father, he took his father's championship ball, put it in his in his backpack, and they're kicking the shit out of out of Levi. One of them has a gun, so Levi defends himself and he grabs the the the, the nearest thing with which to defend himself, and it's the bowling ball. And he kills a man with a bowling ball, and it's very acrobatic. He he jumps off the bumper of a truck does a somersault in the air and as he's descending he brings the ball down on this person's head and kills them and he he beats the crap out of clyde too so um second issue he he comes back home and and the father and and levi's buddy um they're like what did you do did he recognize you and the shit hits the fan in a major way because Clyde and his neo-Nazi crew, like they actually, at one point they, at one point they storm the old man's house. One of them's wearing a swastika. So, you know, it, these are not pe- nice people. Okay, and now to make matters worse, Clyde's father, who was a real estate mogul twenty years ago, is now the town mayor. So. Uh, Levi beat the crap out of the mayor's son. The mayor has the cops in his back pocket. And Clyde defends himself again. Beats the crap out of Clyde to the point where he lands him in the hospital. He will, number one, never be the same person again. He's cognitively impaired. Probably a vegetable for the rest of his life. So now, now the mayor wants... Levi dead, and they actually bring him into the jail, and he's housed in a cell with a bunch of Nazis, and he's calling out. He, he as the 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 uh, the policeman's bringing him in and putting him in the lockup. He's like, "My dude, I defended myself against neo Nazis. Who doesn't like Nazis? They're scumbag fucks." And the whole cell is full of Nazis, and <laughs> they <laughs> they beat the crap out of him. I just. It, it it inevitably ends with Levi out of jail because, spoiler, the mayor's daughter, Amy, on whom Levi had a crush back in the day, bails him out because she thinks her brother's a scumbag fuck to begin with and, and bails him out. So he's out on bail, goes back, tries to go back to his father's house and it's burned down. They, they, they burn the damn thing down. So now Levi... He's engaged because when he left town, he he fled from his father's obsession with bowling because dad was a probably one of the best bowlers in the country and had a meager existence. And he's like, I don't want to follow in this guy's footsteps. He left the Jewish faith behind, wanted nothing to do with that. So now with Clyde, not only forcing him to defend himself, but also despair like demeaning the jewish faith in the process he's engaged he he wants blood now and that's the issue ends with the old man's house on fire and clyde saying all right 
You wanted to fight, you're going to get one. I adore this series so much. There's, there's all three issues were bangers. It just kept me riveted. Uh, it was a page turner. It, it just makes me feel like I, I don't think Remender can do any wrong. Um, having said that, yes, the scumbag. Okay, so one minor infraction over the years, not a bad thing. But this this series is it's my jam right now. David. David, um, you're Jewish. Didn't you feel for the boy? (laughs) Jason, when they come into the house to to get um, Levi, Yentl is playing on the turn. No. Yes. Yes. Well, and it was it was to set it up. I hope she finds love. They broke into the house, so it was it was just it was it was purpose. It's not like Dad was just kicking it. With some with some scotch, had some monsters going in, and just decided to you know start playing Yantle. He, it was all designed to to kind of really. Oh, I love Rick so much. The, uh, what? I love Rick so much. Uh, I mean, I understand why why Vince would ask us if if uh, if Rick was Jewish, even though Andy Sandberg is. Well, yeah, I know Andy, I know Andy is. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, what would I? I mean. Bashi's drawing it. I definitely had to check it out. I, I read the, um, the 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 preview PDF and we had it sent to us months ago, um, and uh, figured okay, you know, I'll just I'll I'll. We didn't talk about the first issue, but I'm like I'll I'll, I'll keep it in my back pocket to see if um, to see if anything comes of it, and uh, and then figuring it was bowling, I I should have known Vince would have been all over it. So so I did I did catch up and it. Um, I am not, and it's it's a me thing. I don't. Um, I, I am not a big Sandberg fan. I, I I haven't, even though everybody I know loves it and thinks it's a great series. I, I haven't um, checked out Brooklyn Nine Nine yet. Um, I wasn't really keen on his seasons of, of Saturday Night Live with the rest of that cast. So it, I I haven't. And he's not Dane Cook, but there's just certain things about him that just I'm not. I don't know what it is, but I I I respect his ability, and and I do recognize the fact that 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 he can be a funny dude. But um, what I appreciated about Holy Roller is that there's a lot like so. Yeah, Levi is Levi doesn't he he's not obviously he can take care of himself, but he doesn't very good in a fight. Yes, he is very good in a fight, and and I and so he'll he takes a lot of beatings, and and probably because he knows he could disarm or put somebody down quickly and easily, um, so because he can, he doesn't, and and he gets beat on physically, Shot. and of course abused verbally quite a bit, um, but as as most. Jews, so at least most that I know, but but as I've I've recognized amongst others, um, it's no surprise to anybody that 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 and and it's not just it's not specific to Jews. It it, it happens to all races and creeds, but Jews can be the butt of a lot of jokes, and you you tend to get a thick skin, and you don't, and 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 that also allows one to 
throw out a lot of uh, self-deprecating humor, and and it, it's a defense mechanism, and and um, I think I do that, but it's one of those things where I I see it, I recognize it, and and I there was a connection to the character of Levi as I'm reading it, and and uh, on a, on a different layer than than I was expecting to just read a comic about a dude because you read the first issue and and it's it's it, not that levi's entitled but you know he's he's a young kid who's embarrassed by his dad who's a bowler and oh and look at the big chat and of course because the racist kid in town is picking on him that that's not helping any so he just he he just thinks whatever dad does is stupid and he wants nothing to do with it and uh he'll play and excel at every sport except bowling um because that's what that does and and i get that uh so there's that's i'm not this wasn't like my origin story but there are a lot of things here that i see uh levi react to internally and with his family and, and and externally with others that that um that i recognize that i that i see and 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 even Parts of it could take me down memory lane. Um, even even Levi's friend from from when he was growing up, and and he's da- and and even and and oh my god, and you got dad riffing on on his dude, and he's like, don't you don't you like ever go outside? Don't you? And and it's just it's it's great because I say this about a bunch of other books we read, and 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 when there's nothing but assholes in it, and I'm like, oh, I know people like that. I. Yes, this is again. I I know people like this, people that are in this book, and mostly because of my fucking family. So there's, yeah, I'll I'll. Uh, it, it's what like a ten issue series. It, it's. Oh, I don't know. I, I hope it goes I, on forever. No, I think I saw it in previews. It was it was in parentheses, but um, I don't I don't know if it was. I, I think it was more than six. I think it was ten. But anyway, um, because I think the fifth issue was in the was in the January previews. I think that's where I saw it. But um, no, I I. I didn't really know what to expect because I thought after I, I read the first issue of Scumbag and that wasn't for me and that's not like that was the last thing I read from Rick because there was uh, uh, the Righteous Thirst of Vengeance and 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 there was just there there've been other books that he's written. So I, I I liked Death and Glory. I know a lot of people weren't so high on that, but um, I I trust Rick and I I. I like Bashi, so I figured I'd definitely, if anything, it would be entertaining at least or visually pleasing. But yeah, I I, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and and I, like I said, I read the first issue, didn't think about it, but then I reread the first issue for for tonight, and immediately read the second, and then I couldn't wait to get to the third. So I'm really looking it, it it's unfortunate that the cover kind of um slightly misleading because it's not like homeboy has a costume yet. Well, I think that's the end game. Yeah, I think I know, somewhere I know, along the line. Yeah, yeah we cuz even even in the third issue on 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 the the the, the last splash page, it, it's so it's yes, it's coming. We know it's coming, but it's just like but but it hasn't yet. So why are you showing me this on the cover? Anyway, yeah, I um I'll 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 back you up on this one, Vince. It's 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 a good time for sure. Well, there's little bits. The the one thing that had me howling with laughter was when they're in the arcade and 
Amy comes up to Levi and he's playing Paperboy, and she goes, "Oh, Paperboy, that <laughs> that that game sucks." And and Levi goes, "That's racist against Paperboy." And his buddy goes, first they came for the Paperboys. Yes. They did nothing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. And the Goodman's character uh, in Big, oh, Lebowski yeah. Yeah, Big Lebowski is the there. foil in the the uh, the tournament that his father's blowing. That has to be yeah. Uh, Mr. Cohen looks just like Judge Hirsch. The um, the the uh, the magnate, the, the real estate magnate, Frank Henry, is Robert Redford to a T. So you could tell that they're they're either positioning this as a pitch, or eventually like delineating who they would want to play these characters. Should this ever be made into something? I just, I love it. I, I think the whole thing is great. It's not the bowling. The bowling thing was the, the angle that got me in the door. Like who doesn't want to see somebody make a seven ten split? Like that's, that's legend, right? But, and, and I, I'm going through the book and when Levi's fighting and he's rolling the ball, I'm thinking he's got good form. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> It, it's like a book for me. I just. I, I wonder if I, I wonder if Bashi bowls or how much you'd have to bowl because he he has the little flip with the, the wrist on the on the lift when he throws the ball. He just really likes kingpin. No, I don't know, but I I think Bashi's a bowler. Someone's a bowler. Either that or he researched bowling because the the moves are authentic, and I love this book. I don't care what Jason thinks about it. <laughs> well, I have no opinion on it. I didn't read it, my friend. I thought you read the first one. You tapped out. No, I haven't read any of it. Well, you should read it because it's great. <laughs> yeah, it 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 really is. Well, you know, I love Remender, but I just don't love the bowling. It's too Jewy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm the token Gentile of my of my firm. Just a record, so. Uh, There's one thing Levi says about bowling. He says, Dad, bowling's not a sport. It's a pastime for alcoholics or something like that. And it's like, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, this is a winner. You don't have to twist my arm to read a Remender book. I'm sure when it's collected, I'll I'll, I'll pop that that review comp of the trade that we get, and I'll I'll give it a read. Plus, Vince Vince has to be in love with Levi because he still has an uh, dad never changed his room, so he's got an Evil Dead 2 poster up on the wall. He does have an Evil Dead 2, yes. <laughs> right, oh, Nick. My man has good taste. There we go. a Star Trek movie poster. Yeah. And Caddyshack. 100% great, great book. Nice. What else we got? Yeah. Um, listen to if you know he's so snippy, isn't he? I'm he's, not snippy. It's just like, like when one yeah, person yeah, stops, yeah, another person yeah. starts. It's not yeah. that difficult. Like, yeah, we, this is our first rodeo. Come on, go. <laughs> D bag. Um, no, but I got I got something that's gonna that, that you're gonna like. Okay, we'll see. What do you got? Mm. All right. Well, first of all, shout out to Dave Chisholm. We have talked about Dave uh, quite a few times over the years. Oh, we're gonna talk about this. Yes. Yes. For those that don't know. Um, you don't remember us mentioning him in the past. Dave is um, at this point a, a pretty accomplished graphic novelist. He's, I think, is this is his, the book we're going to talk about tonight. This is his fourth, I believe. But um, he also, uh, aside from from creating comics, he is a uh, renowned trumpet player. He actually has a doctorate in jazz trumpet and is a professor of jazz uh, at the University of Rochester for I think the last decade or so as well. Um, so. 
trumpeting and jazz is his life. He is a definitive expert in it. And um, much of his comics work have been have been in and around that subject. Uh, his most recent being Chasing the Bird a few years ago, which was all about Charlie Bird, particularly the period of Charlie's life in California, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and he is back with this book by Z2 is the publisher. I believe they published the bird book as well. Uh, it's called Miles Davis and the search for the sound. And um, probably to, to a little surprise to anyone who's a jazz fan, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a doctorate in jazz trumpet, chances are you probably really care about Miles Davis, both in terms of their artistic output and the person. Uh, and, and Dave is certainly like, I'm sure many jazz musicians, it's one of his greatest influences. And so he undertook telling Miles Davis story in a graphic novel form. And I knew from knowing Dave's other work. And then again, the, the Charlie, the, you know, the bird book chasing the bird, I knew that this was going to be good, but I really wasn't prepared for how great it was because what, what I think is really interesting about this is that um, it was really important for Dave to, he didn't want to um, be in the position of, like imagining scenes, um, you know, certain times when you're doing a quasi historical tale of someone's life, you're pulling together threads, but you're filling in the blanks. Like, for example, um, I've never seen an episode, but my wife enjoys that show, The Crown, right? All about Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. Now they take, as I understand it, like any show like that, they take, um, you know, real life pieces of news or interviews or, or, or um, things that they, that, that, they could reference, but then a lot of what you see on the screen is like soap operatic. It's dramatic. It's, it's made up. We don't know that that's what they act. That we don't know that those conversations ever took place. Right. And you see that a lot when you're doing bio bio biographies and bio comics, because they're, they're trying to craft a narrative when you don't really have a, a source of record. So what Dave did this time is everything that Miles Davis says in this book is a direct quote from a Miles Davis interview. Um, over the years, like over decades of different, whether it be on TV or um, in prose or newspapers, Dave had a voluminous collection of resource. And so everything that he uses to tell the story that comes out of Miles's mouth is directly from Miles, which I thought was really neat. Um, and it really does chronicle much of his life, um, but it starts off in 1982, which is when Unfortunately, Miles has has had a stroke and he's actually lost the uh, ability uh, to use his hand, his main the hand that he plays with his trumpet. And um, so needless to say, he's apoplectic and the doctors hand him paper and uh, and pens and crayons and say, draw. I want you to spend your time drawing because that's going to help get your use of your hand back. And uh, and then we flash back, and then we start seeing different parts of his life chronicled, from his early days in St. Louis, uh, and to he ends up getting into Juilliard, and he's half attending Juilliard, or at least his parents think he is, but he's actually spending most of his time at jazz clubs, jamming with other new jazz musicians. Um, you know, we get through the period of of where he's basically mentored by Charlie Parker at first, and then they become friends, and then unfortunately, because Charlie has some pretty significant demons. You know, most notably a, a very bad heroin addiction in a way the tables turn and, and Miles becomes sort of his, not caretaker, but, you know, like his big brother 
Um, and then we go through that with them working with Dizzy Gillespie and then Gil Evans coming onto the scene. And then Miles heading to France and meeting Julia Greco and then his all of his time with, with Coltrane and Shorter and the other quartets that he ran. And we go all the way through his retirement and then his return in the 80s. Like it covers a good span of his life making music. And the whole premise of it, the search for sound, is that um, and again, this is all from Miles' own words. It's it's it, it it's the chapters are divided into the periods with which Miles was trying to sort of find his sound or the sound. And each of those breaks by his own sort of categorization. So some are short, you know, like six months, some are many, many years. Um, and then this is all enveloped by this beautifully expressive style of Dave's where maybe because he understands jazz music as well as he does, when the musicians are playing, the page is just filled with this artistic expression, this visual expression of what the music sounds like. Like it's giving, it's being, it's being given physical form. Um, it's just, it's amazing stuff, you know, and, it, and it's, to be clear, it's not a overly romanticized version of, of Miles's life. I mean, there's a lot of, certainly they don't dance, they don't, um, you know, they don't dance around any of the, the negative aspects of him. I mean, he was a, for many, many parts of his life, he was a, a, a himself was a terrible drug addict. Um, he was a womanizer. He was a bad father. Um, and, and all those things are very much addressed in the book as well. Um, but, um, you know, the whole premise of the book, and I think sort of the, the, the subtitle, if there were one, but it's a quote that's early in the book is from Miles's, I believe it was the title of, of another biography that he wrote from his own words. It's called uh, music comes from everything. And that's really what this is about. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I, 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 it's one of those things where I couldn't imagine another comics creator doing this book. Because no one else would have the native embedded knowledge of Miles Davis in and also have the ability to render that in an expressive way. Right. Like, I guess you could maybe have someone that was a jazz historian help write the book and a creator who is really talented and, you know, maybe giving life to that. But but no, one, there's not one there's not one single creator other than him that would have that kind of knowledge base on both ends. And. Uh, it's just great stuff, and it's definitely his best work to date. And uh, it may end up being his best work ever, like even if he does another 10. And I would be absolutely stunned if this isn't my favorite nonfiction comic of the year, even though it's only February 1st or 3rd or whatever it is. Nice. It is such a good book. You read it? I didn't know you read it. I might have talked about it when because um, Dave Dave sent the PDF. Um, we were chatting, and uh, so he he said, "Sorry, I, I I you may have been out. You may not. I, yeah, I don't remember so. you ever mentioned it, so you, I must have yeah. been out." Um, but no, it's it's read it. It's a gorgeous book. Yeah, I um, I absolutely love it. I I, uh, I I told him as much, but no, it's it's absolutely. Oh, you stunning. did. Okay, good because I hit him up too. I. I yeah, I hit him up and told him I, I you know, just, just finished it and I thought it was triumphant. So, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, even if, even if you were not a fan of Miles, I mean, you should be if you're picking it up. But if you're not, um, and I'm not saying this will turn you into a, 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 a Miles Davis fan, but just, just, it's, it's such good comic booking with, with, with the layout and, and yeah. just how it's, how, how it just flows and, and what he does with, with words and music and sound effects and 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 the way characters are just the the the, the you 
you feel the music because they feel the music on the yep. page. It's it's crazy. And and yeah, I know Miles has had one hell of a life and and uh, the shit he put himself through and the people he loved through. It it's it's um it's not always happy, but holy hell, if if um you know, Dave is absolutely somebody I think of when when I that now when I think of autobiographical comics, it's for it's, sure. It's amazing work. Yeah, him and um, you know, um, uh, God, of course not. I can't think of his name. Uh, um, yeah, uh, he did the, uh, the the Rod Serling book and the. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, because I got it right here. Shit. Uh, um, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Uh, yeah. Bad radio, but you know. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, what, oh, uh, what, oh man, Corin shot me. There we go. Thank you, shot me. Yes, I was thinking. Sorry about that, y'all. Yeah, was, yeah, Corin. Uh, those two, I think, are yeah, they're the ones doing it these, these yeah. days. You know, um, totally different was, styles, but the subject matter works for what they're doing. Yeah, and it was just real cool too because how often do you see comics where I mean, if you look up a comic online, most of the reviews are from your CBRs, right? Your multiversities, like they. But the reviews for this are from the Jazz Journal. You know, all about jazz, right? Like it's it's from actual like this was a book that was garnered more interest in the jazz music scene than it did the direct market, I think. Um, which is kinda neat. I don't know if it's great news for for Dave and his his wallet, but 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 it's still neat. It's neat from an academic perspective. Yeah. And the other thing too is and again, if you're like a super hardcore jazz fan like say Vince, I'm sure that none of this would be new to you, but it was neat for me to see the overlap between all of these legends, you know, and like the chronology and how they they would come in and each come in and out of each other's lives, sometimes as collaborators, sometimes as people who couldn't stand each other, and and just how they all kind of worked with each other. Like Miles is a fifteen year old working with, you know, with with Charlie Bird and Dizzy, right? And then like he being the older mentor for guys like Coltrane, right? And then like Coltrane letting him down by being an heroin addict, just like he was let down by Charlie Parker, and then he let down Charlie Parker. You know, it's like they 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 all sort of had periods where they let each other or people they loved down and they were so consumed by like drugs and whatnot. But part of that was just because they were so passionate about life. And it's just, it's very fascinating. And I really love that you could, this book helps you connect all of those greats together in like one lineage. Nice. It's, it's ironic that the most jazz loving of the three of us has said nothing in this chat. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't talk about my, eccentricities when it comes to sequential works devoted to musical artists mm-hmm. i just don't read them. yeah i know you don't like it i know and, and that, you know give me i i have at least eight or nine miles davis uh history prose books and i'll read those but when it comes to, and, and i'm i'm not discounting chisholm's work Sure, but sure. I just don't. I don't. And if you gave me a, a sequential adaptation of the early life of Frank Zappa, I probably wouldn't read it, just because I don't like when the two worlds collide. I didn't read. I get it. You like tuna. You like I, peanut I butter, but you don't like tuna and peanut butter. Right. I don't. I don't like. I didn't like the Hendrix, the Sienkiewicz mm-hmm. Hendrix thing. Like I. I just won't. I. And it, it's the the only one that I've ever. I've ever stepped out of my ridiculous, and I admit it is ridiculous, was Ethan Van Skyver's Grateful Dead book because it was more of a, an abstraction 
the characters weren't rendered realistically. It sure. was more of a cartoony version of, of the early days of the dead. And, and okay, I read that and I loved it. Maybe I just need to just shut up and read it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's this weird self-imposed mm-hmm. barrier that I've thrown up that I just, I don't, I don't, the, the I who's to say whether or not I would enjoy it? I probably would, right. but to get me to read it, I'm very mm-hmm. reluctant for some reason. It's interesting because Noah Van Skyver is another one who does a lot about like like his histor- more like historical fiction, or not you not historical fiction, but I mean like bio comics, but but you know like you said a little bit a little bit different vibe. But he's it's interesting because he's in just the opposite camp from the way Dave approached this one, right? Where like when he did the the when he did the the Mormon book recently, like, you know, he, he says in the intro, the forward that much of what we're reading in the book is his imagination. He's his, he imagines how these conversations went. Right. Right. Like this he, is rock solid from interviews. Right. Everything yeah. that we see in this, at least in terms of miles. Well, that's good. Is, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta so, love miles. I mean, not only was he, he changed music, but he also sure. had Eartha Kitt and Cicely Tyson. Yes, yes. So it's like, yeah. Both, both mentioned in this book. <laughs> My dude. Yeah, I mean, that's top tier. That's top tier. Eartha Kitt, My what? But yeah, no. Cicely's I, I mean, gorgeous. Again, yeah. put, putting aside Vince's own peccadillos in respect to it. It is uh, a big peccadillo, I admit uh, it. I think this is a, a, a triumphant book. I'm not, it's, I'm not mincing words. I think it's fantastic. I also didn't read the Velvet Underground book that you talked I about. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah I'm, it's, this is better than that, though, just to be clear. Like, if we're... Well, if we're ranking, I mean, this this is really quite quite something, I think. Well, if we ever have him on, I will read the book. Okay, I'd love to hear him play, man. Yeah, you know, like that's it's pretty neat. I didn't even know you could get a doctorate in something like trumpet. Right, like that's... Herbie Hancock has a doctorate in. in... Does he? I yeah. Don't know. Yes. In trumpet. He has a doctorate in music. I don't know whether it's, oh, okay. yeah, it's cool. I mean, I some kind of yeah composition. I don't know, but Herbie's got a doctorate. Yeah. Okay. Rock on, Herbie. Rock on with your bad self, Herb. According to Cannonball Adderley, I have a, a, an Adderley album when he says I'd, we'd like to do a song written by uh, Herbert. He says people like to call him Herbie, but we call him Herbert. Uh, and he says, I think it's called Dr. Honorius Cow. I don't know the name of that thing. But the point being that he mentions that that um, Mr. Hancock has a doctorate in uh, music. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, I finally, because of the Eclascus and a couple of the things, it was uh, it kept getting pushed back. But I finally. Uh, to finish the midnight show and it was it is it's not like it went away uh a lot of fun and 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 man i was so along for the ride that i just let cullen and and brian and bill just take me wherever i wanted to go and and other things that i'm sure were probably predictable or or seen coming from a million miles away from people more well versed in in horror and these types of stories um 
I was I was completely uh, in so deep that that I didn't see things that that probably others would have seen coming. I, I had I just I didn't know where we were going with it, and I am I I loved it, and 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 it was just it it even even up until the last issue, like you couldn't get attached to any of the characters in this story. It was, uh, it, 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 there's a lot that went on in these four issues and in such a short amount of time too, because I mean, the, the all hell breaks loose in the first issue. And then uh, the rest of the remaining three issues is just everybody dealing with, with the creatures and the monsters. And, and it's not like, it's not like it's days, weeks or months have passed before, you know, we have a resolution. I mean, it, it's, it moves at a really, really quick clip and, and in a great way. It, it's, um, it's still, I mean, I, it, it's as much as I love the damned and, and I thought that, you know, Brian's art was, was amazing. And that this is, this is next level, Brian Hurt. It it, it just lo- looks amazing. Bill's colors are, or Bill Crabtree's colors are are, are fantastic. Uh, again, the way the uh, the slight effect between present day and 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 things from the past or from the movies look great uh, and and help let you know when the scene is taking place. But uh, but no, it was it, it's just. I didn't know. I, I kind of didn't know. I, well, I kind of knew maybe where it was going to end up, how we were going to end it. But uh, it was it, it, it was definitely all about the journey for me on this one. It, it just uh, some of the just can't trust anybody. It was just I, I'm, I'm being deliberately vague because I don't want to spoil anything. I know that everybody's probably finished it. But, yeah, it was... Um, it was it was fantastic work. I I, uh, I really really hope this team continues to do more. Whether it's this revisiting these characters, this world, or or uh, or doing something completely different that isn't part of the Damned or Sixth Gun or Midnight Show, and 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 I just I would love more Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt, but this was uh, this was something else. I if it wasn't for the creators. It probably was something that I might not have checked out unless you guys were really talking it up. And, and then I felt like I needed to see what was going on. I didn't want that FOMO hitting me. But uh, even if the subject matter, since I'm not a huge horror buff, uh, even if the subject matter wasn't exactly lighting my world on fire, uh, the creative team absolutely does. So, um, yeah, I... I I don't know. This was just this was just a lot of fun. I, I really, really am glad that they came out with it. I would have preferred six or eight issues because I'm selfish. But oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want it to end, but um, yeah. And 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 who's to say it did? But no, I think that uh, I, I I think Dark Horse had a home run with this one. They they they, they phenomenal job. Truth. Colin is so prolific uh-huh. that um, it, it's more like a 70-30 with me. Like, usually he'll click, but the, I mean, because he does so much, he touches on topics and, and, and you know, uh, scenarios that, that don't intrigue me at all. 
But the, like I said, it's only 30% of the time. But I think this is the book when I think Cullen Bunn, Midnight Show is going to be the one that just flies right into my memory. Even over the six gun. Sure. Yeah. But that's this was tailor-made for me. Yep. So. Yeah. I like that. They, he, he's kind of this creative team. So Midnight Show for Vince, Sixth Gun for Jason, and Dan for me. They they really did. That's true. They they man, that's fantastic. I got the longest run, so. All right, well, size doesn't matter, bro. Yeah, <laughs> length though, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he can dream. <laughs> it's all about. Quality, I got fifty not issues, bitches. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, and I got I got the, the, okay, but. Yeah, but I got four quality super. That's exactly right. Exactly. See, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, now you're smirching the six guns. I'm not. I haven't read the whole thing, so Oof, I can't speak on the entirety of it. Let's no, I to the, the, when we had that episode where we talked half the time about how we just were dying for great Western comics, and then you just tell me you didn't finish Six Gun. I, tell me you didn't mean it without telling me you didn't mean it. Damn. Whatever that means. Um, no, for whatever reason, I just you know you you, you let things lapse. We all do it. Yeah. I don't do it. I have no, them, greatness. but I just haven't read them. Okay, okay. Well, finishing 2016, so catch up. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Join us next week when David and I will talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back next time because we'll have a whole mess of this in store for you as well as some other stuff. Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Get your omnibus editions, your trade paperbacks, your manga, OGNs. They got it all at prices you want to pay. Plus, free shipping on your second order, told you at the beginning of the show. And if you'd be so kind, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. We recently released, like a couple days ago, a two-hour investigation of Batman Year One that Mm -hmm. only the patrons can hear. It is a patron special episode because the patrons show up. They're there all the time. They give. They join us on the Slack, a lot of them, and a lot of them are, are there just for the special episodes. Whatever your your your, your um, taste, it's very inexpensive. We've tailored it to be exactly that, and we would love to have you join the family. So patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics here is the fast blast that I wanted to do last issue. Oh, the fast blast. Fast blast. In and out. Jason, did you read Duke number two? Yes. Yep. Excellent. I mean, I'm not Jason, but I'll answer. Well, I I, know, but this is Jason's jam. I know. Number Mm -hmm. one, really got a chuckle out of the back cover. Caution, the contents of this booklet is confidential. This unauthorized disclosure of the information within is prohibited. That's fun, right? They're working it. They're working the theme. I like Clutch a lot. Yep, always did. We get the interaction again between Duke and Rock and Roll with with Stryker, and uh, they eventually bring him in. But I'm I'm curious as to how Duke is going to turn Rock and Roll and Stryker to his side. Something's going to happen where these guys are going to be like, yeah, that's fucked up, and join Duke's side. They, They have to, right? But the kicker... Big spoiler if you haven't read this issue. If, if you if you haven't, I don't know, fast forward a couple seconds. But last page, super she, hot Baroness. She looks great. She does. I like the, the, the semi-bobbed hair. Or maybe she's got it pulled back in a bun. I don't know what's going on. But I like the shorter hair Baroness. 
I totally agree. I, 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 it's killing me though. I can't let you go with calling him striker. It's stalker. But that's okay. Oh, sorry. Well, you know me with the jokes. Yeah. Sorry. Just saying, I couldn't. I got 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 to make sure we clear the air there. I'll call you out. Yeah, I'm wondering that too, though. How they all do end up getting connected, right? Because clearly, I mean, I guess it's possible. This is just. A, I mean, this is a different reality. No, so, they so. have to get connected. No, I'm with Come you, on. but 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 right. I mean, it, it would be real hard for me to accept GI Joe that Duke was like on the outs and not. Not the the leader, so I yeah I I don't I, at some point we're gonna have to close this loop and have everybody aligned, but um yeah I I think for me this book is the star is 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 the art I I love the art I think that oh it's great yeah Tom is Tom Riley's doing a great job I um because it's Duke is a is a renegade being hunted by other Joes I I'm not as giddy about the plot as you guys are so far but i'm here for the ride because it is well executed and i like you've alluded i do think this is an unexpected start but it's gonna we're gonna eventually get to where we needed to get was when sherry comes out of the room gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous blonde mm-hmm. and and clutch can't remember her name and he's Not like, right away. this is a red, this is a And then she, she slaps him and, and, and storms out. But he does eventually remember her name after being slammed against the, uh, a telephone pole, uh, in the vehicle. And he was like, he's, he's, you know, woozy and he's, he's like, oh, come back to bed, Sherry. And Duke's like, yeah, yeah, good, great. Now you remember her name. Awesome. But she is a vision and I love that page. But anyway. Um, real quick, Dark Ride number 10. Did you read it, David? Yes. Yes. Um, uh-huh. I love this book, but I think the fact that it may have been truncated is very apparent in these last couple issues. I, I think you might be right. It just seems... Like the the pacing of the the first like seven or eight was, I don't not laid back, but it was more exploratory. Was like let's yeah. just mm-hmm. see where this goes. We'll, yeah, we'll set up a couple of things. But now in issue ten, they know they only have two issues left, and it's just like we got to get this done. And it just seems like there's so much going on that the. The rhythm of this issue is very, very different than the issues that preceded it. I didn't, that's not to say that this issue wasn't good, mm-hmm. but it just, it, there's a very different tone and feel to this issue than everything that came before. And that's kind of sad. Like, they can say that maybe they planned it out as a 12 issue series, but I mean, come on, Birthright went forever. So, I mean, if this thing was clicking, they would have found a way to keep putting it out. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's just a product of the sales not being where they wanted them to be, and they're going to just cut their losses, finish it, and start something else. It's still good. It's just I would have loved to see where this book would have gone organically. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, King Spawn number 30. Oh jeez. Now, the only thing I'm going to say about this is for once I totally agree with Wanda. Wanda's in this issue. 
she's escorting Spawn through hell. Spawn is going to claim, or he's trying to claim, the throne of hell so Sin doesn't get it, uh, Kegelostro doesn't get it, and because that would be really bad. So, so she's ushering him through hell, and he notices she's not wearing her wedding ring anymore. Why she would be wearing her wedding ring, number one, after she had a husband before or after Al. Like, what did you forget about Terry? He's he, so self-centered. He looks at her, he's like, oh, you don't have your ring on. Um, and he, he starts feeling some kind of way. But she's like, Al, you really need to, to let it go. I love you, but we're we're not married anymore. You got to stop doing things in my name. Just just let it go. And I could not, like I said, agree more. McFarlane has been has had Wanda in the the narrative for so long. I'm so freaking tired of reading about Wanda. She's dead. The clown killed her. Spawn has a real beef with a clown. Long story short, the the clown and violator separated you figure it out and and the clown had wanted to kill just to get at al and now al wants retribution but he's got things to deal with right and wanda's like just let it go just i'm done i i'm happy she's a goddess now or whatever uh again figure that out but metatextual I'm thinking this is the best thing McFarlane has written because maybe he's realizing Wanda is an Achilles heel for Spawn. Just stop. Stop with the Wanda. Nobody really cares about Wanda. Really, the only person that cares about Wanda is Al and maybe Todd. So get her out of the book. We don't need her. I hope because in two weeks we're getting Spawn 350. And it's a big to-do. Big issue. Um, it, someone's going to claim the throne of hell. We don't know who. And um, it's going to uh, purportedly set the Spawn universe in a, in a direction. I hope that direction does not include Wanda. I got nothing against women, but no, I really don't. But but Wanda has been omnipresent in Spawn. First, it was Al looking through the window with at her and Terry and beating himself up, and then she, you know, the the birth of of. It's just stop. Just stop with the Wanda. Let's let's just devote the. If the book is horror, let's take it in that direction. Let's take it somewhere where we don't have to worry about Al worrying about his his ex wife who he's you know. Stop. That's it. That's all I got. Just all I got. Yeah. Quick hits. Quick hits. Oh man. Uh okay. In your travels. Um You know what? I am going to I didn't I didn't finish this issue in time for, for tonight, but I really, really enjoyed what I've read so far about it because while it it it's not exactly like uh it was back in the day the creative team it really really does a good job of 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 uh pulling on those heartstrings for those of us who um were there when that first double size issue came out many many years ago power pack into the storm by louise simonson and june brigman and roy richardson on inks uh colors by nolan woodward woodard i'm sorry uh it's um the story takes place 
right after Power Pack, Grow Up Number One. Uh, it's it's um, it is the Power Children uh, as as their younger selves from from way back then, uh, visiting a beach house, uh, staying there early for the Fourth of July, and uh, the Fantastic Four with Franklin in tow uh, are going to be visiting to um, to hang out with the family. Um, and of course we get, uh, we, we, we get the snarks and, and, uh, and Friday, it really, it's June style has, has changed slightly over, over the decades as, as is expected. Um, even though Roy, I believe is her husband, uh, wasn't inking her back then does a solid job inking her um and and it's nice reading a a wheezy written comic again and and this is a this is you know, i it's not like power pack really has an evergreen but it's it's one of those there it's a book that while i may not always be like damn i, I could really go for a power pack book i the memories the 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 feelings that the the concept evokes, um, and and I, I remember, I remember exactly the stationery store, and exactly where I was in Mount Vernon when I bought that first issue, and um, and I, I I enjoyed the series for for a long time when it did after um, it was kind of pretty much my first when uh when 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 june left the book and john bogdanov took over that was pretty much i think the first time my, my first first time seeing bogdanov uh on a comic because this was before man of steel and um and yeah i i just i i like power pack i i, I definitely don't talk about the book or 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 the power siblings all that often but it's um it it just it kind of just strikes a chord with me especially when you have the co-creators back at the helm telling the story with these characters. So yeah, in your travels, if you're just looking for something a little different, not tied into uh, any any ongoing continuity at the moment, uh, and and you'd like a uh, a fun little all ages comic, uh, then uh, I would definitely recommend Power Pack Into the Storm for in your travels. Nice. Anytime we can talk about a little power pack is a good night. I like it. Uh, in your travels, I have something a little challenging for you folks, but it's going to be rewarding too. And that is the Gull Yetin. Written and drawn by Joe Kessler. Published through uh, New York. Hold on a second. The... NYRC, Vince, what's that mean? I don't know who I don't know what that's for. New York Review Comics. There you go. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I'm not counting you. Um, I first heard of Kessler a few years ago. He did a book called Windowpane. It was really interesting. It was uh, probably four or five years ago. And I came across an interview about this book, the creation of it, um, by actually it was Dash Shaw interviewing Kessler about the creation of this book uh, on the comics journal um, sometime last year. And I thought it was fascinating seeing a creator who uh, I very much enjoyed in Dash Shaw interviewing another creator and sort of seeing that back and forth. 
um, and had and had like window panes. So I thought, okay, when this comes out, I gotta gotta peep it. So I I did earmark it to uh to, and it was sitting on the Regine, and I finally got a chance to read it. Um, it's a very abstract book. Um, it is it, it is drawn with, with seemingly with with a simplicity that I would argue is quite complex. Um, he uses four colors throughout the book and he uses them in, in basically the bright primary version for the most part, uh, yellow, red, green, and then just a little bit of blue. Um, now he plays with the shading and it's, it's, he uses crayon, he uses marker, he uses pencil. Um, there's definitely, again, a lot of different interplay. Like I said, much of the art is abstract in a lot of ways. Um, but at its heart, this is a, it's a wordless story of a young boy who his home appears to burn down and presumably his parents die. Um, and he shuttled off to live with someone else, a woman, um, whether it's his aunt or a foster, we don't know. Um, but the connective tissue between all of this and then things that happen after that is this thing, the gull yetin, which is this amorphous supernatural creature which may or may not even be real it could be in the boy's imagination we don't know again it's, it's an abstract book there's a lot of questions i think by design um but the gull yet is rendered in lots of different ways at times it looks like almost like a like a goat devil you know uh sitting outside of his window watching him sleep the night of the house burning down um at other times it looks like an actual gull like a bird at other times, it looks like a anthropomorphic bird-like creature, um, and it, it the the gull is sometimes his caretaker, this boy, sometimes his antagonist. As I said, and it's you could read this book and interpret it as being that it's like a source of evil, and that it it could have been responsible for burning the house down. It could have been responsible for subsequent bad things that happened to him and his loved ones, or it could be that it's his guardian and. It just happens to over, be, always be watching over him, and then when bad things happen, it intervenes. It's very strange. It's very, very strange. And and I think you could read this book five. You could give this book to five different people, and they could read it, and then ask you could ask them to summarize it, and everyone's going to summarize it differently. And I think that's part of the charm. Um, it's challenging. Like I said, it's wordless. You definitely have to really immerse yourself in it. I read it twice before I want to talk about it tonight. Um, but I was totally captivated by it. Um, and I just... It's we say this a lot, but it's very rare after reading as many comics as we have to be genuinely surprised or feel like you've never read something quite like this before. And I can definitely say that I have not read anything that has looked and felt like the Gull Yetin before. Uh, and so for that alone, I think a lot of people should check it out. So if you like indie comics or more abstract, challenging comics that don't have a clearly defined narrative, this is absolutely worth your time. Nice. Very rare that you will read something twice. Mm. I know, I know. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Now I should say, I mean, with that in mind, it's 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 wordless and it's a small, it's digest sized, so it's it's not. Uh, it's probably about 150 pages, if I had to guess, because there's no page numbers. But I like yeah. the art. I knew you would. Very oh, raw, sure. like it a lot. Very raw, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Unhinged, even. That's right. I think I'm in. Nice. Good job, Jason. Mm-hmm. Aw. Plus one. You know me. I always bring it. 
you, you guys don't call me Ace for nothing. <laughs> Could be your one testicle. <laughs> That's true. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you for being here. Go to your comic shop. Buy some comics. Read them. Go online and talk about them. Maybe our Facebook page. Maybe our Slack. You know how to get there. And then do your due diligence and say goodnight. That's a shitty transition. That's <laughs> totally shit. I got to change the sheets because I shit the bed on that one. <sighs> David. Good night. Good night, Levi. Tecumseh. David. Nice. Tecumseh. Good job. Tell them you love them. Love them. Love them. Oh, should we tell? Should we remind them what the the next bonus Patreon book of the month is going to be? Might as it well. Creature book one, first wow. twelve issues by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. He's yeah. hot for it. Jesus. He is. I'm excited. Calm down, David. It's, it's the preacher. The preacher. The yep. preacher. Good stuff. So if you want in on that, there's only one way to do it, and that's to become a patron. Biggie facts. Easy yep. peasy. More patrons we have, more episodes you're going to get. Love you. That's it for that one. <laughs>